You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So I am starting a series today, and we're, we're going to title the series, It. It. And the series is going to correlate with our year-end uh, offering. We have a year-end offering. We've done some amazing things with that every year. Um, but it's also going to take us through four weeks of Nehemiah. We're going to go through the book of Nehemiah in these four weeks, and I want you to think, first of all, as we even begin the series, kind of foundational, think about the word it. It's a small word, and most of us constantly use this word, and we don't realize it. For example, have you ever asked, what is it? What is it? Me and some high school friends, we were out one night, and something came out, and we used to laugh about this for years. In fact, if one of them says, what is it, we'll start laughing. Now, I was unsaved, and that it was not a good thing, but I remember that. What is it? Have you ever uh, been mad at someone, and you say to them, it is not going to work? It's not going to work. Have you ever said, I need it? I need it. I think our kids say that, right? Dad, mom, you need to understand, I need it. No, you want it. No, I need it. Have you ever been frustrated with someone or maybe a group and you say something like, they just don't get it? They just don't get it. Or better yet, have you ever succeeded in something with a group of people and you say something like, boy, they really get it. They get it because we're all in this together and everyone is working toward a common goal to do things that are honorable, right? And so it is very important. I really believe God wants us to get it Because until we do, we're lost. And he's given us the Bible, the Word of God, so we could find it. If there's anything we need to know about life, it's here. If there's anything we need to know about people, it's here. If anything we need to know about ourselves and how to get back with it, it's here in the Word. And so I want us to go into Nehemiah, and we're going to be looking at this man who had to face it. He had to deal with it. He had to start with it. And we'll see what his it was, and then we'll see what our it is. And all of us have an it in our life. All of us have something that we're dealing with. All of us have a situation. All of us have people. All of us have just obstacles and challenges, and those are the it's in our lives. But we also have a God 
who is greater than the it's. And he's not an it. He's a Lord. He's a Savior. He's a sustainer. And he gets us through whatever we need to get through. So I want, to, I want to talk about three things today, three points that will help us get it. You know, uh, some of you came in today, you had your Cubs cap on, and some of you were celebrating, you're leading worship, and the Cubs won it. They won the pennant, right? And so you think, man, they got it. Well, what are three points that help us to get it? This is the whole premise of our, of our sermon today, the first point, okay? Point number one, it always starts with us. It always starts with us. Nehemiah chapter one, verse one, I'm gonna read the first four verses and we're gonna see that Nehemiah had to face something that started with him. It says, in late autumn, in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hanani, one of my brothers, came to visit me and some other men who just arrived from Judah, and I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and how things were going in Jerusalem. So let me just give you a little bit of background. Nehemiah uh, the, the Babylonians had come and they had, they had uh, uh, conquered the known world and uh, Jerusalem was a part of that. And so King Artaxerxes had his reign and he took all a bunch of captives and captives of, of Jerusalem were all over the place under the rule of the Babylonians. And so uh, here's Nehemiah who was a very, very uh, intelligent person. God had gifted him and he was the cupbearer of the king. Now, the cupbearer had, had to have a lot of trust in him because he was around the king all the time. He could very easily do what? He could poison the king. He, could, uh, he, he was close enough in, in close proximity where he could, you know, if he was a Mexican, he could cut the king. <laughs> I'll cut you. If you're the white dude, he would say, I'll kick you. So he had to be trusted. He, they had to trust him. And so, and so, uh, uh, so this is where we're at. Nehemiah was, was, was the cupbearer of the king. So he asked his, uh, his brothers, you know, what's going on? And, and, uh, and they said to me, they said, things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. So what had happened is, is, is uh, the country was a mess, but now they were letting the Jews come back to Judah and come back to Jerusalem. And, and then he says, they are in great trouble and in disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Now, Nehemiah comes to this place. He says, when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned, I fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Nehemiah was greatly disturbed by it. The it was that his homeland, that was God's people, was all broken. Kind of makes us think about our homeland here in the United States of America. There's a lot of things that are broken that cannot be healed unless the hand of God is in it. 
I really don't believe that a political affiliation is going to change our country. I believe it is the hand of God that is going to change our country. And it's God's people that are going to lead the way. And I also think it's important that we realize that it will always start with us. Whether it is a bad it, it starts with us, or whether it's a good and honorable it, it starts with us. How do we get in the mess that we're in? Have you ever been in a mess? Have you ever got into this place where you say, how did I get here? It had a starting place. You started and you thought you never, you, you, you never even imagined that you'd get to this place. In fact, the Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. And so that it that you get to, how did I get here? How, did, how is it so bad? It had a starting place. It also has a starting place when you get to a place that's honorable, that's successful in your life. You get to that place and you, 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 didn't, you weren't there when you first started, but you worked and you, you, you learned, you got knowledge, you got the knowledge of God and you began to move in the direction of God and you get to that place five, ten years later and it's like incredible, you got the peace of God. People are looking at you like, what did you do? It didn't start there, it started way back when, when you put God first. Amen? So it has a starting place no matter where we're at in our lives. Notice how Nehemiah identified the it when he asked his brothers about his homeland and his, the countrymen, and they said, things are not going well. You know, in my, you can underline that in your outline or in your Bible. Things are not going well. That had a starting place. If something's not going well in your life, you need to identify it and go back to where it started. Amen? Go back to that place, and we're going to see what Nehemiah does. He says, they are in great trouble, and they're in disgrace, and the walls are, are destroyed. They're all broken down, and this whole book is about Nehemiah being led of God to go back to a place, and we're going to go through it step by step, and we're going to see that through all kinds of ridicule and all kinds of, of persecution, all kinds of things, it was so important to Nehemiah that he didn't care what people would say. It was from there are things in our life that are so important, the it's in our life, because they're from God, and we need his direction, and it starts with us. We need to quit blaming everybody around us and say, it starts with me. And if God is for me, who in the world is going to be against me? What in the world is going to be against me? Now, when Nehemiah heard of what was going on, it caused him to look back in retrospect, and he began to see what caused everything, and, and, and he began to look at the situation. I think a lot of us need to look at the situation. We look at our country. We look at the state that we're in. I put on the news. It is so negative. There's nothing positive, but there is. What's positive is that God is on the throne. And he's alive and well. And his people are alive and well. 
And he wants to fill us with purpose and with understanding and with a passion to do what is right because it matters. It matters. Now, I love this because Nehemiah, he, he sat back and he, 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 he looked at the situation. He evaluated it brought him to tears. Have you ever had a, had a son or a daughter that has gone wayward and, and they're living in a place that they shouldn't be? Doesn't it bring us to tears? Anyone ever had someone, you know, some of us that we were walking in the world, we were walking in a place that was not good? Our parents, they cried at that place. That's exactly, Nehemiah, he's in a, he's in a place where he's, he's mourning for the state, but he begins to look back, but he doesn't stay there, beloved, he doesn't stay there. He doesn't stay thinking, oh, how bad it is. Oh, look at how horrible this is. He knows that it's going to start with him. One of the things that we must conclude for positive change in our lives is that it starts with us. When we quit blaming others, we can move forward with God. When we stop blaming our faults on others, we can move on with the power and forgiveness of Jesus. God will always speak to us. He'll speak to us through a message. He'll speak to us to trusted people. And sometimes he'll even speak to us through a donkey. but he never violates our free will. There's no one in here that's a robot. God didn't make us robots. God made us people with intelligence. God made us people with choice. God made us people that can take a step. We were able to get out of bed this morning. It always starts with us. How do our schools change? starts with us. How do our workplaces change? It starts with us. How do our churches change? It starts with us. One of the most, uh, to me, one of the most convicting statements in the Bible is recorded on uh, well, I would even say one of the most convicting statements there, there, are, there is, out of the Bible or in the Bible, was written by the brother of Jesus. His name was James. And James was doubtful of Jesus in his earthly ministry. He wasn't like, rah, 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 go Jesus. He was like, if you are this person that you say you are, why don't you show yourself? And after Jesus died and was resurrected, James got it. He began to trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord. And, J and James wrote something that convicts me. James said this. He said, dear friends, do you think that you'll get anywhere in this if you learn all the right words but never do anything? He goes on, he says, does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has, say with me, has it? 
For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags and have starved, and you say, good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it, isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Because faith and works and works and faith, they fit together in your hand like a glove. You see, beloved, it starts with us. It starts with us not only believing, but, but moving. For us, we prayed for the Copper Corridor for years. We had people come and talk to us about the Copper Corridor and about the possibility of us going. And we said, we're praying. We're praying. May they be clothed with the Holy Spirit. May they be filled with the love of God. May they be showered with the grace of Christ. Or we come to the place and we say, you know what, it starts with us. And we go and we take a step and we reach people and they know that we're real because people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And you can tell people all the things in the world, but you never move. Here's the thing is that sometimes we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray and we pray, but there's always a time that we act. I could be praying for my wife all the time. I could pray for Shauna, say, Lord God, I'm praying for this woman. She needs all the prayer I can get and I can give. I'm praying for her. But if I don't show her love, my marriage will, 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 will not flourish. Amen? I could say the same thing about us as a congregation. We could say we're praying for each other, but if we don't have love, I mean, service of, of love, it starts with us. It starts with us. Point number two, it's, if it's important to God, it should be important to us. Do you notice how Nehemiah had a conviction of heart that led him to pray the following? He, uh, verse 5, he says, he says, O Lord, God of heaven, the, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and his unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. So he interceded. He's actually in action right there. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. He put himself in that same category. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Nehemiah admitted that his family and himself had missed it. And so he prayed and he submitted himself to God's plan for his life. In other words, the it in Nehemiah's life submitted itself to the it of God's will. And you'll get it. And I'll get it when the it in our life will submit itself to the it in God's will. Jesus said this, not my will be done, 
but your will. How many of us have an it right now in our life? And it is driving you nuts. Don't hit your wife or your husband. We all have it. But when we submit ourselves and our it's to God's will, it changes. It changes. And can I tell you something? This is a part of where I'm kind of giving you a, a look at what's coming up. It's never easy. It's never easy, but it's possible through God. We take the first step, and guess what? He takes that step with us. You notice Jesus never said, I'm going to get behind you and push you. He said to his disciples, come and what? Follow me. You notice that? Notice that Jesus never said, I'm going to kick you from the back. I'm going to put a knife. I'm, I'm going to cut you. Because he wasn't Mexican. Put your knife up, Daniel. Jesus never said, he said, come and follow me. Why? Because he wants for us to take a step. Are you with me? If you take a step toward God, he'll be right with you. He'll meet you right there. Someone asked Jesus, what's the most important thing for us to know? What's the most important thing for us to know? What's the most important thing for us to do? And he said, it's all about worship. It's all about worship. What you worship, what you put as a primary thing in your life is what's going to lead you throughout your life. It is going to guide you and direct you. Then he said this. He said, he said to the guy who asked, he said, you need to love your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And then check this out. Look, this is the great and first commandment. Now grab a hold of this, beloved. Last two weeks ago, we, we, took, we took some time off. Sean and I, we had our 30th uh, wedding anniversary, so we got away. We went real far, real far, real far. We went to Phoenix, real far. <laughs> but anyways, we went to church on Sunday. And we, I, I, I went to go see uh, Mark Driscoll. Mark Driscoll started a church there at the, the Trinity Church. and So he was preaching, and he was preaching about worship. I just got done with a series on worship. Said the same thing, because God confirms everything. Said the same thing that the Lord spoke through his word here at Living Word Chapel that all of us are worshiping something. Amen. The, 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 there was a lot of prayer going on during the Cubs and Indians game. There was a, I saw people with rosaries wrapped around their hands. They were showing them. There were people saying, Lord, I'll go to church for the next four weeks if the, if the Indians can just hit a home run. We're all worshiping something. But Jesus said, you need to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, because whatever you love is whatever you'll follow. And then he said, check this out, check this out. And then he said, and the second is like it. See, my prayer for you guys is you'll never look, you'll never look, you'll never hear that word the same again. You'll, when you hear it, you're going to go like, wow, that's huge. 
He said, the second is like it. So the most important thing, say with me, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Say it with me. Come on, beloved. The most important thing is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. And the second, he said, the second is not, is not uh, uh, unlike. He says, the second is just like He said, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your strength, and your mind, the second one, you're going to do the same way. You're going to love your neighbor just as yourself. <coughs> I came out of a, of a meeting recently. I, never had a, I hadn't had a meeting like that in my whole life. Came out of it. My heart broken. Just It's just how many of you know that there's tension in life? Tension. Anyone ever have tension? But how many of you know that tension is good? Because tension can build muscle. Spiritual muscle, emotional muscle, mental muscle. Someone says, I have a headache, I have a headache. All that thing's going on. That's because you're building mental capacity. If you're not getting a headache from things, really? I've left the office at times going, oh my goodness. I had someone give me a massage one time because my neck was hurting so bad. And Man, you have a lot of tension here, Pastor. You have a lot of tension on your back. I said, yeah, people are a pain in the neck. <laughs> so, 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 but the reality, so you have this meeting, and, and, and you know what the Lord spoke to me? To, it starts with me. You know what he spoke to me? Love them. Like I love you. If you love people like God loves us, it changes your whole perspective of life. Amen? Love God. Love people. He says, the most important thing that you could ever do, you'll never go wrong in your life if your life is centered on loving God and loving people. You'll never go wrong. Third thing, point number three, it will never, it, your it's will never be overcome or accomplished without God. Now, it starts with us. Everything that we're going to do, whether you're going to have a life of, 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 uh, of disasters or you're going to have a life of triumph, it starts with us because we got to take that step. But you're never going to accomplish the things that you need to accomplish without God. In fact, King Solomon said that unless the Lord builds the house, the builders are going to build in vain. And unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. What we will accomplish with God is a lot greater than what we will accomplish in ourselves. Families, if you have God establish your home, your families will be taken care of. No matter what's going on, even through the circumstances, even when you think, oh my gosh, why did this happen? Oh my goodness, why, why is this going on? God's hand will stay upon you. If the Lord will build your house, you're in good hands. Better than all state. (laughs) 
I really believe that many of you are here today for a very specific reason. It's because God wants for you to get it. He doesn't want you leaving here without getting it. That's why Nehemiah prayed. Look what he prayed. Please grant me success today. Notice, he started with himself. We have sinned against you. My family sinned against you. Our nation sinned against you. Remember, we read that. He goes on, he says, but please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. That tells me that in every situation, we can pray to, the God, to God Almighty, to the God of the universe, and he will give us success if we come before him. He says, may the king be favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it in his heart to be kind to me. Nehemiah gives us a great example of how we live our lives. We live our lives by admitting that we fall short of the glory of God, but not staying there, starting with us, moving forward, saying, God, I need you in my life because without you, I can't do it. Without you, I don't get it. Without you, Lord, I make a mess of it. I'm going to end with this scripture verse, and then I got four applications. Paul wrote this, New Testament now. Nehemiah said, I need you, Lord. I, I, I need favor from the king so I can do this. And then look at what Paul writes. Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work within you. What kind of a work did God begin in you? Good work. See, God always does good things. In the creation, everything that God created, he said, this is good. As he brings you back into fellowship with him, he begins a good work in you and in me. And then he says this, this good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Isn't that amazing? See, God began a good work in Pastor James 22 years ago, and he's not done. He's not done. And until Jesus comes, and I pray Jesus, come back today. Come back today. But if it doesn't happen today, until that day comes, he's continuing to do a good work in every one of us that has trusted in Jesus Christ. If you've trusted in Jesus, you are in good hands today. So, Pastor, what are my action steps? Here you go. Here's your action steps. Recognize the God-inspired conviction in your heart 
and allow him to move you out of your comfort zone to accomplish or overcome the it in your life. Oh, beloved, I can see, I can see hearts and gears turning in right now, and God is moving in you. You know what that it is. Let me tell you, he is with you. Number two, begin to prioritize the it in your life and start to work on the ones that are important to God. Begin to work on the ones that are important to God, not to you, but to God. Check this out. The other ones, they're going to fall into place, guaranteed. We begin to honor God with our life, everything else falls into place. I'm going to say this because it's important to all of you guys. Get in a small group. If you're not in a small group, get in a small group. Because you're going to grow like you would never have imagined. The people that are in the 301 class, we have many in the 301 class today, they get it. They're taking steps. It starts with them. Amen? Every person that I see in a small group, every person are growing in their faith. Because we need more than once a week or a shot in the arm. We need people around us all the time. Okay, number three. Let your attitude be fixed on the fact that you're not going to accomplish it on your own. God has your back. That's great news. That's great. You're not alone. God has your back. Jesus is with you. And the fourth one, you can do it in Jesus' name. I don't know what the it is in your life, but I can tell you, you can do it. You can accomplish it. You can overcome it. You can sustain it in Jesus' name. I'm, we're going to the Copper Corridor. we got seven weeks. I'm going to be preaching there in seven weeks, and I'll tell you something. I'm going to preach like I've never preached before because I've never been there before. And I'm going to preach it for the glory of God. Why? Because if I do it in the name of Jesus, it's got to be good. It's got to be good. Let's pray. Some of you are here and you've never, you've never said, I need Jesus in my life. I'm going to make a step to follow him today. And here's a prayer that you can join me in. In praying is, God, I'm a sinner who needs your forgiveness. And I'm, I'm tired of trying to live my life without you. Today, I'm making the choice to become a follower of Jesus Christ. I admit I'm imperfect and fall so short in so many ways. So thank you for loving me despite my many failures and my mistakes. Today, I confess that Jesus Christ died for my mishaps and my sins on the cross at Calvary. I believe he rose from the dead on the third day, offering me complete forgiveness and a new start. I receive your complete restoration, and I choose to follow Christ in the fellowship of the church. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. 
make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.